0: This is the Impact Church Podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. It is good to be in the house this morning. And um, how many of you know that There's joy in the presence of the Lord and pleasures at his right hand evermore. And that the presence of the Lord, he He gives us strength in his presence. Amen? So if you came in a little tired this morning or maybe discouraged this morning, receive what God has for you. Look at somebody and say, you don't have to leave the same way you came. All right. All right, so don't do it then. Don't do it, don't do it. Praise God. It's just good to be in the house this morning. If you have a digital device, feel free to take it out and open up the UVersion Bible app and you can hit on that and look up in, look up events and Impact will be the first event you see if you're on campus. If you're not on campus, put inside of it Impact Gwinnett and you will find a copy of the sermon outline as well as the scripture will be coming from and if you don't have a digital device, you can just simply open up your uh, Bible, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. We'll start that in a moment. We just want to thank the Lord for all the wonderful things he is doing here at Impact. We had about 14 people yesterday take the next step between class 201 and 401. So let's give it up for them. We're excited about that. We want to see lives change. And we know God doesn't change our lives typically with a big leap. You know, when you grew up, I mean, you I used to play Mama May I. And sometimes, you know, Mama just said, take one step or half a step. And some of us got really adventurous and took a big step and had to go right back, right back to the beginning, right? God tends to build our lives like that. He tends to build our lives with the small steps and a small step and a small step. He doesn't overwhelm us, just a small step. And bef- before you know it, when you look back, you're not where you used to be. And there's a change in your life. So I want to salute all of you that just continue to take the next step in what God wants to do in your life. That's a beautiful thing, to know that God is working in you and through you. Amen? Amen. Amen. We are going to be talking about God's peace for your storm. And, um, you know, as I was preparing the message, I was, you know, look, when you've been alive a certain amount of time, you've been through enough storms. You got you can just pick them out, just like brother. I want to talk about that one, this one. Well, that one and this one. So I've been through, been through some storms. And so when I'm preaching this one, I'm not preaching from what I've read about. I'm preaching what I know about, what I have experienced, what I have gone through, and what God has ministered to me. And I'm trusting this morning that the same way he's ministered to me through life events as well as through his word, that he'll do the same thing for you. Is that all right? And so uh, I'm thinking about, Lord, it was 2004. Three, four, three, four, doesn't matter what year it was. Whatever the year it was, it was one of them years. And just, you know, you minding your own business, not expecting to go into a storm and you find yourself in one. And um, during that time, our oldest was graduating, or graduated, or was promoted from fifth grade going to sixth grade. He was a rising sixth grader. And he began to have these headaches. And if you've, if you've heard us tell a story, this went on for weeks. And one thing I can tell you is that I know that I know um, when a person, just my own personal testimony, I'm not telling by ex- somebody else's experience, but my own, that I've always had this anointing, I guess you could say, to pray for some my people with headaches. And they would just go away. I'm talking about unsaved people on the jobs that I've worked on. didn't matter where I was, who it was. I prayed over Jewish people, and they got healed in a moment. So when he got his headache, and it just looked like nothing would take away, well, I said, well, let me just pray for it. Nothing happened. I said, well, I must have misprayed. <laughs> let me try again. Nothing happened. So then we went on to, you know, he went on to his junior Tylenol and all that. I said, oh, we might have to go to the big boy stuff. Give him adult version. Nothing worked. And so finally went to the doctor and the pediatrician said, oh, well, we, maybe it's just an allergy. But just to be on the safe side, let's, you know, get him scheduled for a CAT scan. So a, a couple of weeks went by, and he was still having these really bad headaches. And, and, but I didn't really think too much of it. So we went to the CAT scan, and, and he, had to, he had to, well, we went to, we went to the CAT scan. It was early in the morning. None of us ate breakfast. And then after about a few minutes, they were supposed to give us the results about an hour later, and they said, um, you know, we want you to take an MRI. I said, oh, Lord, going..." but he can't eat. I said, well, if he can't eat. I can't eat in front of him. Yeah. So none of us ate that day. Yeah, so, so we just sitting around waiting finally to get the MRI, and then that was hours, 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 like I'm talking about 3 o'clock maybe. And um, so we finally got the MRI, and we're now waiting for the results. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go right up to these people and tell them, call me with the results. I'm not staying. I'm hungry true and so I went right up to them and said I'm not staying I'm leaving they said oh no don't leave I said oh why not I said, over well, here take this little pager so that we can go eat downstairs so that we can pay I said all right well since you put it that way so we went down and we you know we ate and then they paged us and so that we came upstairs to the hospital room and they said oh the, the results are there the doctors there and so the doctor came in the room and he said and I mean he was just um I've come across some doctors like this with my mom and others but he said um your son has a brain tumor, and if he doesn't get surgery, he's going to die. That's how it came out. So I was totally, you, you know, my mind was on food right before then. I was not expecting, <laughs> was not expecting I was that kind of news. And so we just stood there, and I, in that moment, if you could picture something, it was like I was a glass that just, just fell and broke on the floor. That's how I felt on the inside. And I didn't even have enough strength to just even encourage them, you know, Pastor Mona and Brandon that were in the room. And so I said, well, hmm Give me two minutes, I'll be back. And I went, you know what you, what you do when you got an issue and you need some private space and you're in public. The bathroom, that's where you go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and started praying, and um, and then I called somebody in, in my group, and I said, oh, I need you to pray. So they prayed. And then we went back in the room, and, and uh, later on they admitted them to the hospital and all this kind of stuff. But let me tell you what happened that night that was so amazing for me that night was as I don't know, probably six other people came and joined us in prayer in the hospital at night. The Lord just ministered such a peace over me that it was really the kind of peace that passes, surpasses understanding, you know. And, and what I what I knew about that was I would, I didn't know that then, but I would need that peace because that was a Monday, but they were going to keep him for like a day or so overnight. And then it would be the following Monday before his brain surgery was scheduled and that was rushed, And um, we didn't know that after after the surgery that it was almost in some ways just beginning for us. The journey was just beginning. You know, there was a lot more to be walked out. And part they couldn't get out, and was it going to grow back? And would it be chemotherapy and radiation? So we went through all that, and and the dizziness, and a whole lot of other things that came. And what I found out is this: there's many times in our lives that God will calm the storm for us, and then there's those other times in our lives that that God calms His child, but He lets the storm rage. And so we were in one of those situations where he calmed this child, and he let the storm rage, and he, he brought us through that storm. And, and sometimes I think that we think that because we're believers that we are exempt from the storms of life. And the truth is that being a believer does not exempt you out. It just changes how you go through it. And then the, the, the song says, for those of us that recognize that you've been through some storms that maybe you thought God was going to take you out of, Anybody been there before? Because it would be so much easier, right, for everybody. You know, we could just bypass all this. Just you know, just do what you do. And he's like, No, no, I'm just gonna give you peace in that storm. And um, <clears throat> pardon me. And so, the, the words of this song just may maybe it pens for you what it feels like to be in a storm, and you want to you know in the middle of that storm where is God at? Because the song says, Master. The tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is all shadowed with blackness. No help or shelter is not. If you've ever been out of seat before, and I've been in situations like that, I'd see where there's nothing around. And then he says, now nah, the lost words of the song. Master of champion, y'all help me now. Y'all, Some of y'all know this. Uh-huh. This is what y'all get playing. The sky, what? It's overshadowed with blackness. And it goes into, it flips around and says, it's like a grave in an angry deep. Now, that's a storm. When you feel like you're out there on your own and all you're looking at is a grave. And I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe that describes the storm that you're in right now. Maybe you feel like, I don't know where God is. I don't know if you care about me. Matt, care is that not that we perish, Lord? Where is the God of my salvation? Where is the God that said he loves me so much? Where is the God that said he's a present help in the time of trouble? I'm talking to somebody this morning. He says, if you've been in a storm like that, you start even, when you're going through a storm like that, let me tell you how you know when you're in a sure enough storm. I'm not talking about you, you just dip your foot in the water. I'm not talking about a cute little thing. I'm talking about you in a storm. You know that when you're in a storm because there'll be something on the inside of you that will watch this want to question God's character. <laughs> Carest thou not that we perish? Do you even care? I know I read that you care. I heard that you care. They sung that you care, but I'm certain to wonder, do you really care? Now, you've heard this. They'll tell you that you are either just coming out of a storm, right, right. actually in a storm, just coming out of a storm, I headed towards a storm. So I thought we would just do a little vote this morning. And I want to just see by a show of hands, how many of y'all this morning would say, dog, I'm in a storm right now. Put them up. Mm. Okay, put them down. Thank you. How many of y'all said, I just came out of a storm? Oh, y'all that did inner storm, look at them. They made it through. Look at them. That's encouragement. How many have some concerns that I, oh, I don't know. There's some things rumbling around, some movement happening. I'm not sure if I'm headed towards a storm. We're going to talk to that next week. So put that in your back pocket. What do you do when you feel like you're heading towards a storm? But today we're going to deal with the folks, particularly who feel like you are in a storm, and not just any storm, but oftentimes a sudden storm—the ones that you didn't see coming. It wasn't really on your radar. This was unexpected, and, and here you are. You're now in a storm, and not only are you in a storm, but you feel like God. I've been doing what you told me to do. I've been doing what, you, living like you told me to live, serving like you told me to serve, praying like you, whatever. I feel like I'm doing what you told me to, do, but nevertheless. I'm still in this place of a storm. You're gonna, you may find yourself, some of you may find yourself in a, 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 a health storm that, you, you know, you went to the doctor and you thought it was just a regular checkup until you found out it was something else. I'm talking about a health storm. Some of you are in a relational storm. It looks like at one point things were fine. Now it's just gone crazy. and You just don't know what to do. Some of you, there's a storm in your family. Maybe there's somebody in your family Somebody in your family is, is, is sabotaging themselves and, inf- and afflicting themselves and self-destructing, and you're saying, this is bringing me into a storm right now. What do you do? Somebody else may be in a legal storm, and you don't know any way that you're going to get out of it. But I'm here this morning to let you know that you can leave this morning with the peace of God for the storm that you're in. Yeah, that's something to shout about right there. I said, You can leave with the peace of God today with the storm that you're in. I'm a witness. You can leave today with God's peace, even if He lets the storm rage. You'll find out today that the disciples went through a storm. And part of the time he lets the storm rage. Another part later on he ceases and calms the storm. You'll find out that they weren't doing things necessarily wrong. They were doing some things that were right, and yet until and so they went through a storm. You'll find out that just because things are going wrong doesn't mean you're wrong. I said, just because things are going wrong doesn't mean you're wrong. Because we're tempted to think, oh, my gosh, I must have did something wrong. Something's wrong. Sometimes you go through storms because you're doing something right. Let us cross over to the other side. Sometimes you're doing what he told you to do. And it may it may just lead you to a storm. But guess what? He's the Lord over the winds. He's the Lord over the waves. There's nothing that he can't get you through. If he led you to it, he can get you through it. And so we're going to look a little bit this morning, and I don't want you to think, well, you know, I know I have a feeling with Scripture he's going so I can see, and I've read that before. Let me tell you something about the the Scripture. When you read it, even with the Bible in a year, I I don't know what year this is, maybe five or whatever. We've been doing it every year. I learn something regularly reading all the time, the same Scripture. And what I even found out this time is in the Gospel of Mark, which is not the only author to talk about or gospel writer to talk about this situation. Mark does something really special. He gives us some details that the other writers don't give us. And I want to just tell you this morning, don't sleep on the details. Yes, sir. Don't sleep on the details. Y'all ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to hit Mark chapter 4. Uh, oh, where's my glasses, y'all? How'd y'all let me... Is it oh mm. Mm. work it out? <laughs> you know what? I'm praying for you. <laughs> yes, Lord, all right. All right, now I'm ready. Here we go. Mark four thirty-five. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. him. So just to give you some context here, we're in Mark's gospel and already in lean chapter 4, the disciples have seen a lot about Jesus. And I'm going to go back to that part in a minute. Let me go to exactly where they are. When you go back into the beginning of chapter 4, Jesus is teaching. Now, Jesus is not like uh, the typical teachers of his day that only taught in the temple. Jesus is taking his teaching on the road, and Jesus is is out where the multitudes are. And so you'll find that Jesus is actually in a boat. He's teaching multitudes of people all day long from the back of somebody's boat. And so by the end of the day, he's pretty exhausted physically. He's pretty tired physically. And so having taught, he then tells his disciples, hey, let's take an Uber across to the other side. And what we find out here is that this is not just any sea. They're in the Sea of Galilee. And you may not know about the Sea of Galilee is that the Sea of Galilee is fresh water. The Sea of Galilee is 700 miles below sea level. You say, well, why is that important? Because you have 700 miles below sea level that you're in, and you have great mountains that you're next to. And the wind between the, the cold wind and the hot wind when they meet together is what causes a, a storm. So sudden storms on the Sea of Galilee would be something that would be normal, something that would be normal. And the Bible says that a a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. In other words, as the boat is filling with water, it wasn't something that just kind of happened over time, like, you know, over an hour this thing kind of happened. It was like a sudden thing, boom, the next thing I look up, the boat has already got water in it. And that's how some of the storms happen in our lives. Some of the storms that come into our lives are not ones that maybe you foresee coming that we'll talk about next, next week. But sometimes the storms that come into our lives are storms that we didn't see coming out of anywhere. You woke up one day in your life and looked like it was different. You went to the doctor one day, looked like your future might be different. Something happened all of a sudden that you entered into that you didn't expect to come. A sudden storm. And, again, we have this tendency to think when those sudden storms happen that we may have done something wrong or something's something's wrong with us. And sometimes it's simply because he told you to go to the other side and you did what he told you to do. But that doesn't exempt you as a follower of Christ from storms. I need you to get that in your heart this morning because I think that the first thing that happens to us when we go through a storm is we say, why me? Why my child? Why my wife? Why my husband? Why my mother? Why my father? And, and as if to say that for some reason it should not be me. Now, none of us want it to be me, to be clear. But if we don't think that it could be me, then we think that life is treating us specifically unfair. Let me make that a little more. We may think that God is treating us specifically unfair. But you're in the Sea of Galilee where everybody goes through a storm. And everybody's going to have something come into their life unexpected. And what I notice here immediately is that there's two responses to the storm. So you have the water coming into the boat immediately. You have Jesus sleeping. We're going to come back to that. But he's sleeping in peace. Then you have the disciples. So Jesus is asleep. The disciples are afraid, and they're in panic. They're, they're losing their mind. What are you going to do? And what I notice is this, that after, so I'm going to go to the end and I'm going to come back. So after he gets up and he calms the sea, then we realize that all of them have peace. Jesus has peace, which he had the whole time. The disciples had peace. But they only have peace after the storm passed over. Well, guess what? Anybody can have peace in the absence of a problem. Anybody can have peace in the absence of trouble. Anybody can have peace after the storm passes. But can you have peace in the storm? And so what Jesus shows us is, in case you're going through a storm right now that you don't have peace, he shows us that you can have peace right in the middle of the storm. Say, you don't have to wait till after the storm is over. You don't have to wait till after the battle is over. You don't have to wait till after the ending. You can have peace right now in the middle. You can have peace in the storm. Say that I can have peace in the storm. Now receive that. You can have peace in the storm. In John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He says, I'm not leaving. It's interesting because when Jesus leaves, he leaves them with a gift and a promise. The promise we celebrate five Sundays after the resurrection, that's called Pentecost. He left his spirit. But the gift that he left was his peace. He said, I'm leaving you my peace. I'm giving you the peace that I have. I'm giving it to you. Watch this. Because he understood that when he left here, that the disciples would go through a storm of persecution. And that storm would not be ceased. So he, he he understands that this is what's in front of them. So on the way, he said, let me just from the very beginning, from the very beginning, give you a little pop quiz. I'm going to test your faith. I'm going to see if you have it, because I got to make sure you have. What I'm talking about so that when I'm not here, so that when I'm gone, so that when you don't physically see me, you can still have peace in your storm. Because the peace that I give you, I give to you not as the world gives. I'm not going to give it to you after. I'm not going to give it to you and take it back. He said, I'm going to give you a peace that your heart is not troubled and that you're not afraid. The world's version of peace happens when the situation changes around me. Jesus' version of peace happens when the situation changes within me. That your heart is not troubled, and that you're not afraid. I'm not giving you, my followers, a peace like the world. I'm giving you a peace that doesn't have to worry. Wait until change comes. Changing conditions. Changing market. Changing housing market. Changing economy. Changing job. He said, I'm going to give you peace on the job you got right now. I'm going to give you peace with the family you got right now. I'm going to give you peace with the finances you got right now. I'm going to give you peace with the body you got right now. You don't have to wait. I'm giving you my peace that you're not troubled and that you're not afraid that you can sleep at night. Mm. The peace that he's given, first of all, you ain't got to pay for. You ain't got to worry if it's over the counter or not. You ain't got to worry if it's mixed in with something else. I'm giving you a pure peace. And that's not the absence of of trouble. That's not the absence of problems. It's not the absence of a storm. It's despite it. So let's go back here. So the disciples recognize there is a sudden storm and for some reason Jesus thinks it's a good idea now to take a nap. Now, I need you to understand, this is the only time in all Scripture that we see Jesus sleeping. That's not to say he didn't sleep. This is the only time it's ever recorded that he slept. It's almost like, you know, you got a, let's say, a dinner date with somebody else or a party or something you're going to, and your significant other on the way home or on the way to pick you up decides now's a good time to go run some errands. What would make you think now is a good time just to go shopping when we're an hour late? Y'all only want to say that because you sit next. Okay. Uh, a, a spirit told me that. Ooh. Ooh. And so it's interesting because he's letting us know, Mark is letting us know he's sleep. Makes sense. He's physically exhausted. he had been teaching all day long in a hot sun from the back of a boat. But Jesus decides to, one time, to take a sleep. The one time I'm going through a life or death storm, you chose now to sleep. But it's not just the fact that he sleeps, it's the fact that Mark tells us where he sleeps. He said, I'm going to just gonna give you some clues here. He said that Jesus does not just sleep on the boat. He sleeps specifically in the stern. And in ancient times, the stern of the boat is where the captain had his sleeping quarters. Hmm. But then he said, let me give you some more details because you have to understand when they write, they're not just writing just because they have nothing else to do. They're inspired by God, and their vantage point is giving us some more information. He says he sleeps. But its head is on a pillow. The pillow in ancient times on a ship was for the helmsman. The helmsman was the person that was responsible for sharing, for, for steering the ship. So, when Mark is trying to let us know that in hindsight, when we find out about Christ is that watch this, even when he's asleep, he's still in control. I said, even when he's asleep, that he's still, because he's the captain of your seat, that even if he's asleep, he's still in charge, he still has everything under control, everything is still subject to his word. They're worried because they think he ain't got it under control because he's asleep. He said, no, I can sleep because I got it under control. I said even when he sleep he got under control reason why we can't sleep because we don't think it's under control but if you understood that has already worked out if you understood it's already done if you understood he holds the whole world in his hands that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ Jesus you would sleep too He is still in control even when it doesn't look like it. Because if we're, if we're honest, there are times in our lives when it looks like God is sleeping on us. If we're honest, there's times in our lives that because it looks like he's sleeping, that maybe he's not in control. But the reason why it can even look like he's sleeping because he's got everything already under control. Y'all know when, I know I'm not the only one, when, you know, there's some people, praise Jesus, when they drive, uh and you're in the passenger seat, there's some people that you can just, you know, hit that little button and recline back and sleep. I'm talking about like the little road trips. There's other people. Praise Moses. Uh Uh-huh, there's other people that you got to click that button and bring it right back up. (laughs) Because you're looking at them like, I don't know if you got it all under control. But when you understand and trust that God's got it under control, you can just lean back. Jesus is saying... I don't know why you're not leaning back. He's saying, because I'm leaning back. I'm taking a nap at the bottom of the boat because everything is already fine. (laughs) Christ is in control. Christ is in control. Say that Christ is in control. I'm going to be done soon. Y'all are getting it. I don't want to go that long. Am I preaching? All right. Come on, Jesus. Mm. Hmm. Woo. And so we find out that peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's it's in spite of it. So then he gives us another detail in verse 36. And I just want to read it again. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And I said, like, well, what is, and I had to research, what does he mean as he was? Why is that a little extra? Why, why don't they took him in a boat? What they meant is they took him without any further preparation. He was as he was in the boat that he was in. They didn't go get a better boat, a bigger boat, in case a storm took up. They, as he was, they didn't take it, make any extra preparation. Kind of like how we are when we go into storms that we don't know, know that is coming. But then he says this little part here. And other little boats were with also with him. Hmm, that's interesting. And so, it's interesting because Jesus, when Jesus brings peace externally, he rebu- he rebukes the wind and the waves. But he didn't stop with his rebuke there. He lovingly rebukes his disciples. He lovingly rebukes his disciples. I want to make sure I say it exactly the way he said it. He says to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Let me read it the way I think the emphasis needs to be or was. You Ready? Versus why are you so fearful, why are are you so fearful? Now, we're going to use this front row over here, disciples. Mm -hmm. Why are you so fearful? Because there's other boats. We're going to use these first three over here that are with him. And all of y'all from row three on back, y'all are all the multitudes that heard the message that day. You went to church, you was in person. And you got that word at the back, from the back of the boat onto the seashore. And you went home that day. I asked you to go to the other side, and we started going. But there are the little boats that were with him. And so these other little boats are following this boat to the other side. And Jesus stops, why are you so afraid? Because the thing about it is, I'm in your boat. I could understand if I was in their boat, or that boat, or this boat, but I'm in your boat. Why are you so afraid? Because not only that, they don't really know me. They just came along for the journey. They're curious, but they're not necessarily followers. You are my followers. You have already seen my power. Why are you... You so afraid. You've already seen me cast out a demon out of the demoniac. You've already seen me multiply two loaves and five fish. Why are you so afraid? You saw me heal somebody and say, and not only am I a healer, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. Why are you so afraid? See, we all go through the same storms, but we're not all in the same boat. <laughs> I'm shouting because Jesus is in my boat I said Jesus is in my boat If you knew who's in your boat You'd shout too If you knew that he's the captain of your sea You would shout too I said Jesus is in my boat I don't have to be so afraid Woo (laughs) See, the difference is Christ is with you. We all go through the same storms, the human experience, but we're not all in the same boat. We're on the same sea but not in the same boat. Went through the same pandemic, but not in the same boat. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. We grieve lost, but not the same way the world grieves because we have a hope. We're not in the same boat. My God. I'm almost done. <laughs> I feel y'all. And so, what does that mean that we're not in? It means that as a follower of Christ, Christ is in your life. He's in your boat. As a follower of Christ, you have peace. You have. Peace, you can access peace. It's available to you. That's what it means. There's a peace that you have as a child of God that until somebody is a child of God, until they are a follower of Christ, they don't have that peace. They don't have access to this peace. Because you know what I found out? Before you can have the peace of God, you've got to have peace with God. And that's what salvation brings. It brings peace with God that the judgment is not against you. Until then, the Bible says in John 3.17, I want to say that, that you are already condemned, so we don't have to condemn. He doesn't got to condemn because we walk in condemnation outside of Christ. But guess what? In Christ, there is no condemnation. You have peace with God. And once you have peace with God, you can access the peace of God. Christ is with you. so let's recap that right quick. You can have peace in the storm because Christ is always in control even when it seems like he's not. You can have Christ you can have peace in the storm because Christ is with you. And filling in this last one and I'll explain it. you can have peace in the storm because Christ makes it available by faith. So, again, Mark, gospel's gospel is giving us some good details. In verse 36, he says these words. Hey, verse 36, who changed verses on me? <laughs> My glasses ain't working. mm. Oh, here we go. Verse 40. He says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? It's interesting because he says, why are you so fearful? And it would look like he's rebuking them because... They're afraid. But it's not that he's rebuking them because they're afraid. He didn't say, why are you afraid? He said, why are you so afraid? You're going to find out a moment that he's not rebuking them for their fear as much as for their lack of faith. But it isn't even because they were just afraid because guess what? As much as I've been in church and I've heard every version that uh, because we all overuse the scripture and not understand the full application of God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, he doesn't give us a spirit of fear to fear that he will reject us. But he, he, he does allow human emotion of fear. Guess where that came from? He gave you human emotions, right? So you can experience fear, but he doesn't want you to be so afraid as if you're one without hope. As if he's not who he said he is. Scripturally, David talks about having fear. New Testament, Paul talks about having fear. They didn't let fear have them, though. There's a difference. Why are you so afraid? I would expect you to be a little concerned. But why are you so afraid as if I'm not here with you? Why are you so afraid as if I'm not in the boat with you? It's really interesting. He says to them, how is it that you have, watch this, not a little, but no faith? You ready? Not even a mustard seed. Ooh, the disciples was in bad shape. That should give us some good hope right here. (laughs) They walk with them. He said, you ain't even got a mustard seed. How is it that you have no faith? See, When you read back where they were, it's a progressive revelation until after really he rose that they really understood all who he was. But he's constantly trying to tell them who he is and and, and what, what that means to them. And a lot of it is going over the head. Right, But when we read and we read and we go backward 2,000 years ago, we have an understanding of who he is. They didn't get that at this point in their journey. Are you with me? And so how many of you know that when you trust the risen Savior as your Lord and Savior, that you have a, a mustard see faith? So watch this. Because you have mustard seed faith, that same peace that he had for them that walk in is available for you this morning. Because you have mustard seed faith. Because all it takes is mustard seed faith. You have access to the peace of God. And so, what does that faith mean? Y'all come on up. What does that faith mean? It means that, that faith literally is just trusting God, that you can trust God. But if you don't recognize that He is God, then you won't trust Him. That's why at the end of it, it said, What manner of man is this? Because He's not just man, He's God. So faith for us gives us access to peace because we trust that he is God. And we trust that because he is God, whatever he says he will do, he will do. And that means this. When he says, come on, let's go over to the other side, you're going over and you're not going under. Stand on your feet this morning. Because he's God. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how rough it looks. I don't care how how hard the waters have been. When he says let's go over, you're not going under. As a matter of fact, when he says let's go over, you can't go under. You may feel like it, but you can't. It may look like it, but you can't. When he says over, he means over. And because he's God and because you have faith in that God, you have enough faith to access that peace. That peace is available to you this morning. As a matter of fact, if you feel like you need it this morning, just come on down here. I want to pray for you. Come on down to the altar this morning. If you're asking God to give you Peace. uh oh. Pray for peace, pray for peace in the storm. Say, I pray, I pray for peace in the storm. I pray, I pray for peace in the storm. I want to start right there. As they were singing that, it just kind of came to me. Could it be that we're missing the peace in the storm because our prayer has been getting me out of it so long that we're missing the peace that's in it? And so when you realize that he's not taking you out of it, you get to that place where you say, okay, God, I'm going to accept that, but I'm going to ask you to give give me your peace while I go through it. And what that often means for us is having to let go of control. Because every time I pick up control, I let go of my peace. And so I want you to lift your hands at the altar. Those of you that you see, let's extend our hands this direction for our brothers and sisters this morning. That God would give them peace in their storm and that they are going to come out with a testimony. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these that are here today. God, thank you. Lord, that you have them in the palm of your hand and no man can pluck you out. I pray this morning, God, that they, Father, would find rest for their soul. I pray that they would find your peace, Lord, in their struggle with this confusion, with its hopelessness, God, where there's a battle going on in their heart and their mind. I pray that they would no longer be troubled or afraid, but, God, that you would give them your sweet peace. Lord, we release control today, Lord, because we know that you care for us more than we could ever care for ourselves. That we know, God, that you are trustworthy. We know, God, that you are dependable. We know, God, that you are in control even when it seems like you're not. We trust your care. We trust your control. We submit our lives, therefore, back unto you In the name of Jesus, I'm praying right now, God, that these would sleep at night, that God, the headaches would subside, God, that, Father, they would have rest, God, that they would have peace of mind, God, that you would show them that you are with them, Lord, and that you would keep them, Lord, not keep them because they're not going under, but keep them until they go over, that they would come out, God, with a testimony of who you are in their lives. We thank you, and we bless you for it now. In Jesus' name, give them a shout of praise this morning hey